Good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here for the next uh, two hours. This first hour is an open line. Then uh, Ken Brown and uh, Barry Hauser will be by for our Illini Friday show, kind of a preview of what's uh, happening tomorrow, prior, during, and after the Illini Rutgers game at 11 o'clock. And a look at uh, all the other uh, sports items involving Illinois uh, teams especially. So that'll be uh, during hour number two, but there's some uh, sports news to begin with here this morning. Listen to this. A Division One committee on infractions hearing uh, this uh, panel that heard uh, uh, from uh, North Carolina could not conclude that the University of North Carolina violated NCAA academic rules when it made available deficient Department of African and Afro-American study paper courses to the general student body, including student athletes. The panel found two violations in this case. The former department chair and the former curriculum secretary failed to cooperate during the investigation. While student athletes likely benefited from the so-called paper courses opened by, offered by North Carolina, the information available in the record did not establish that the courses were solely created, offered, and maintained as an orchestrated effort to benefit student athletes. That's from Greg Sankey, who is the panel's Chief Hearing Officer and Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. The panel is troubled by the university's shifting positions about whether academic fraud occurred on its campus and the credibility of the Cadwallader Report, which it distanced itself from after initially supporting the findings. However, NCAA policy is to clear, and the NCAA defers to its member schools to determine whether academic fraud occurred and ultimately the panel is bound to making the decisions within the rules set by the membership. So among that uh, garbage, I guess we uh, summarize so far that the NCAA could not conclude any academic violations in the North Carolina case. They have a release that's uh, coming out right now. I'm reading it to you just as it uh, comes out. And is there anything in there, Ed, that uh, you see that would indicate there is a penalty of any kind? 
It's coming in uh, line by line, and I'll uh, continue to give that uh, to you. But this is something that uh, people have been waiting for for a real long time, and it is just uh, amazing what they did, and the NCAA found nothing wrong. So I guess you can do things... uh, that have a bit of fraud involved, as they did with all their athletes. And the way you cover that up is by presenting or offering the same to other students. The ruling comes roughly eight weeks after North Carolina appeared before the infractions panel in Nashville, Tennessee. The focus was on the independent study style courses in the university's formerly named African and Afro-American Studies Department. The courses were misidentified as lecture classes, but didn't meet and required a research paper or two for typically high grades. In a 2014 investigation, former U.S. Justice Department official Kenneth Weinstein estimated that about 3,100 students were affected between 1993 and 2011, with athletes across numerous sports making up roughly half of the enrollments. The NCAA had said that UNC used these courses to help keep athletes eligible. So that's that. There will be more coming and more comment, I'm sure. So we will continue to look at that story as we go along. But the other uh, sports story today, of course, is the Chicago Cubs. They used a four-run inning against uh, Scherzer, one of the best uh, pitchers in baseball. Then they added a seven-out save by their closer to win one of the most exciting, nuttiest, and longest playoff games in recent history. Nine-to-eight win over the Washington Nationals and moving them on to the series against the Dodgers starting tomorrow night. That is four best of seven, and the winner of that, of course, moves on to the World Series. It was about four hours and 45 minutes long, and a lot of people, some local fans, watching on Dish or DirecTV were deprived of seeing the finish when their satellite feed went black. Don't know exactly, exactly what happened, but, uh, and I don't want to know whether it went back on or not, and it was off and on. Now, Dave alone has, uh, I believe, a dish or DirecTV, one of the two, and uh, nothing happened. He's down in uh, Philo, but uh, others uh, were immediately on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter saying, what on earth happened here? We missed We missed the end of the game. A 
Let's see. The former department chair did not participate in the process. The former secretary did not cooperate until three years after the investigation began, back with the North Carolina now. The panel appreciated the former secretary's eventual cooperation and said that her participation in the hearing benefited the panel's ability to decide the case. Consistent with the ranges outlined in the membership-approved penalty guidelines, the panel did not prescribe a show-cause order for the former secretary. However, a record of the secretary's failure to cooperate will be maintained by the Office of the Committees on Infractions. They'll put that in the file. The panel prescribed a five-year show-cause period, October 13, 2017, through October 12th, Uh, 2022 for the former department chair. During that period, any NCAA member school employing the former chair must show cause why he should not have restrictions on athletically related activity. Members of the Committee on Infractions are drawn from NCAA membership and members of the public. Along with uh, Sankey, the members, this goes on to say it, whether from a Carol Courtright, uh, President Emeritus at Kent State, Alberto Gonzalez, Dean of the Law School at Belmont, and former Attorney General of the United States, Eleanor Myers, Associate Professor of Law, and uh, Joseph Novak, former head football coach at Northern Illinois, Jill Pilgrim, attorney in private practice. So, the long-awaited report about North Carolina and the expected penalties. heard all kinds of people saying, and I probably said to myself, boy, they are really going to get it. They are really going to get stung. They are really going to get penalized. The answer? No. They did not get any of that. In fact, nothing happened. Alan, what do you think of that? We're joking. I mean, uh, NCAA has no credibility. I guess that's the reason why the FBI is kind of taking over being the enforcers instead of them. I don't know what to say. It just astounds me. I mean, they can't find anything wrong because they don't want to find anything wrong. That's the big thing. Also, last night, uh, my dish did go out right during when they showed the review of the pickoff play at first base. I didn't know whether he was out of safe until I turned on the radio. I noticed there was a couple other stations off. ESPN2 was off. But, uh, boy, I picked a poor time for it to go off. But well, you, North Carolina thing you, just... Do you have a dish, or do you have a... Dish, it's dish. Dish, okay. I don't know if direct, I, thought, I doubt if it direct was affected, but dish was. Well, uh, speaking of that uh, pickoff uh, play, there's a young man whose name is uh, Nate Holm, H-A-L-M. He's the advanced uh, scouting coordinator for the Cubs. He's from Muhammad. He's a 2003 oh. Muhammad uh, Seymour graduate lifelong Cubs fan, and he was in his usual spot. Uh, That's the Cubs clubhouse. He is down there, 
and he watches the television monitors very closely, and if he thinks there is need for a uh, replay or an appeal, he uh, calls uh, up to the uh, dugout and tells the Joe Madden. And Madden then, and this has to be done very quickly, of course. Yep. And uh, he's the one that uh, saw this and told Madden. And then they, uh, as you uh, know, or <laughs> if, I'm yeah. sorry, sorry that you, you missed it, but uh, it was a, uh, it was an amazing uh, call, and uh, he just, just happened to notice that his foot was was on the bag. He's safe. And uh, and then Rizzo tags him, and his foot comes off the bag. So he is, and he still maintained the tag, so he's off the bag, and he's out. Yeah, but Rizzo didn't even know he was out. You know, he didn't call for it. Uh, like you said, this guy must have called down there, but Rizzo wasn't the one that called for it to be a replay. So it was just off for a split second. Well, I'm... Uh, Sorry, uh, you you turned the radio on then? Yeah, I ended up going to bed. I was about ready to go to bed anyway. My God, four hours and 45 minutes. NFL was started after they did, and it was done an hour before they were. That baseball was getting ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I was, a- uh, was uh, saying uh, a little while ago that there was a time when there were people that uh, would time baseball games, and the only thing they would... Uh, would count was the action, you know, the, the pitch or the uh, a fly ball or anything that, that was action, they would time how long that took. And in a about a two-and-a-half to three-hour baseball game, there was, as I recall, about 15 to 18 minutes of action. You know, Jim, I got to think about this. I'm an umpire. I wonder how the umpires hold it. Or going to the bathroom because that's a long time to be out there. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder how they take a ninety-five mile an hour yeah. pitch right in the oh, face. Wow. How about that one? He was lucky he didn't get hurt more serious than that. Yeah, his uh, his chin was bothering him a little bit. For the people that uh, did not see it, uh, the Cubs were uh, were uh, in the field yep. and. Uh, the catcher had signaled for a pitch that would be down low. Well, the pitch was not down low. It was up high, and uh, the Cubs catcher couldn't get his hand or couldn't get the glove on the ball and hit the umpire right in the mask. And Another it, feeling. It, it staggered him backwards. Oh, yeah. I, I've had that. Yeah. Hey, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, Alan. Appreciate the call, sir. Yeah. Well... Sorry for those of you on the Dacer. If there's anybody else on the Dacer Direct TV and wants to uh, talk about uh, if there's went out or if it didn't go out or anything else, I'm kind of interested in that. And they were, some of them were deprived of uh, seeing the finish. Uh, Brian Barnhart, I believe, had to go to the radio. And we all concluded when he said that that the radio play-by-play is better anyway. Except it's kind of hard to see the replays on radio. So uh, that's one story this morning. Las Vegas security guard Jesse Campos disappears moments before a TV interview was scheduled last night. Meanwhile, the Las Vegas sheriff, frustrated by data 
discrepancies and unanswered questions. President Trump to halt the massive Obamacare subsidies. Legal fight coming up, no doubt. American Caitlin Coleman and his family have left Pakistan. They're the ones that were being held captive by militants, held for about five years, and were released yesterday. They have now left Pakistan. And locally, the U of I will reveal its fundraising goal tonight in a free public event at the State Farm Center. It begins at 7 o'clock. The event will include performances, short speeches, video, music, who knows what else. $278.4 million were donated, was donated to the University of Illinois during this fiscal year. And sororities say that crossing Lincoln Avenue is unsafe down by those sorority houses, uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma, and uh, there's another one down there. Uh, maybe uh, maybe more than uh, two, but they say that uh, some people have been hit and uh, they've had other instances where uh, they had close calls and so forth, and it's evidently very, very dark. Look at the clergy corner in today's Gazette. Uh, the pastor of my church, uh, First Presbyterian in Champaign, and my good friend Chuck Carlson will be retiring after Sunday service, and he is the subject of a very interesting article written by Marcus Jackson in today's Gazette. Jane is next. Hi, Jane. Hi. I wanted to comment on the problem with fish. Mine went out. It just froze when they were doing the replay on the uh, called tag out. And I didn't get anything than a black screen, and I was so disgusted. I texted my daughter, and she said, if you don't, you take it off of your HD. I don't know how to do that on my guide. All it had was the HD. I called Dish, and of course I'm on hold for 10, 12, 15 minutes, I'm not sure. <laughs> but they didn't have any, they said it was a nationwide problem, and they didn't have any answers on how long it'd be out. On Dish, it's channel 139. I could get 138 and 140, but I could not get 139. Did they say it was a national problem or just uh, a local one? Well, no, they said it was nationwide is what that guy told me. Nationwide no. problem on mm. that channel. Well, Think about it. Pro- I don't have any idea what happened. It's probably somebody was uh, throwing switches and threw the wrong one. If it was just the one yeah. channel, you know. Yes, that's part that I couldn't figure out. Usually, if your dish is out, you don't have any channels. Yeah, the people on uh, cable uh, had no problems, uh, evidently. I uh, I watched it up until the celebration started, then I turned it off. It was close to uh, midnight then, and uh, no problem there. Thank you, Jane. Let's go to uh, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hey, Jim. Uh, I want to comment on the North Carolina deal. Uh, first of all, the people on that panel, in my opinion, have no honor. And here's what should happen. They, uh, the people that, the instructors that covered that up, they committed fraud against the state of North Carolina and the U.S. government because, you know, that, uh, is 
government, you know, all public institutions get uh, government and state funds. Uh, all the uh, 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 degrees, the athletes involved, should be rescinded. A five-year ban on postseason play, and a $10 million fine. And they should be stripped of the NCAA basketball title that they stole from us because they got it illegally even the players shouldn't have been on the court. But I just wanted to give you my opinion. Well, that's uh, what a lot of people thought. Uh, not you, you. You were really going to get. You were really going to get them. I wasn't expecting <laughs> anything at all like that. But I was expecting some uh, penalty of uh, some sort. Something, yeah. But uh, oh my goodness! Slap on the slap on the hand. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't even that. It was. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a report, and we're we're real happy that uh, we'll be able to to hold this for a week for you because we know you're having a fundraiser out in North Carolina. We didn't want to uh, to disrupt that. So whenever you tell us uh, you're ready, we'll uh, send the report. And that's yeah, you know, uh, basically what they did. You know, there's only uh, one thing that you can take out of this life with you is your honor. That panel doesn't have any. So thank you. We'll take a break here. We're coming right back. Phone lines open, uh, an open line going until uh, 10 o'clock, and then it'll be time for Illini Friday up until about uh, 10.30 or so, and then more open line until 11. It is 9.30, time for the news headlines with uh, Brian Barnhart back after that. And, uh, Brian, I believe uh, you were one of the ones that was blacked out. Uh, the uh, game they were doing the replay on the pickoff at first that you've been talking about, and the screen froze, and I thought, okay, I'll change channels, maybe it'll come back, and then it just went black, and I kept trying, and I checked other channels. I thought, well, maybe it's my TV, and nope, other channels were on. Went back to uh, TBS, nothing. <laughs> so after about ten minutes of that, I said, well, I'm going to radio. So. Which I'm fond, you know, you and I are fond of anyway. But. Well, of course, that's uh, where you get the real story. <laughs> yeah. But kind of, kind of hard to hard to see the uh, replays on. That's radio. right. That's right. But uh, uh, you were the one that uh, called my attention to the fact that uh, Nate Holm, H A L H A L M Holm, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Muhammad, is the one that uh, told Joe Madden he better. Uh, you better uh, take another look, or have uh, have them take another look at the play at first base. And here, this uh, story this morning says, in the middle of the clubhouse, this during the uh, after the game uh, celebration, stood someone that never made it into the game, nor even into the dugout. Cubs video coordinator Nate Holm played as large a role as anyone when he noticed national base runner Joe Le Baton. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure I'm mm-hmm. saying his name right, but uh, he was the one who was on first base. His foot had come off first base on a pickoff attempt in the eighth inning. Catcher uh, threw behind him. Just as the Cubs were about to give the lead back to Washington, Holm was being doused during the celebration as if he had just hit a home run <laughs> because the ensuing video challenge ended the Nationals' threat. Yep. Yeah, it took a lot of the momentum away from their uh... – their rally at that point so yeah and you'll see it all the time now managers you know when there's a close play you'll see the manager look down the tunnel or look behind him at somebody to you know let him know if they need to uh, review and they only have so much time to do that apparently uh, Nate was back there and yelled as you said and told him to review it 
Yeah, he must be, uh, there must be a line from uh, the clubhouse up to the dugout, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody it goes from Nate to uh, probably an assistant coach or someone, and uh, then on to the manager, who then decides to uh, ask for the replay. Yep, paid anyway, off. A big, big part of the game. It sure is. Uh, well, it's 9.32 already. I don't want to say any more about your uh, news headlines here, so uh, go ahead and I'll come back with a more open line after that. People uh, checking in about uh, North Carolina. Jeff Goodman says, this is the way it went. Hey, North Carolina, did you cheat? No, we didn't. Okay, good enough for us. <laughs> Was James Comey in charge of North Carolina's investigation? Two-tier justice system seems to be the norm in this country. And uh, Kevin in Danville says, Our Dish Network High Definition went out, but Standard Definition still worked. This is weirder and weirder, isn't it? And I've been using uh, these satellite stations uh, both together, uh, Dish and uh, DirecTV, but the Lynn says there was no problem with uh, DirecTV. And Brendan says, Folks, North Carolina is North Carolina. It spent almost $20 million to defend itself. What did you think? was going to happen. And Evan says, new classes at North Carolina now available. Watching television, 101 is one of them. Napping, 205 is another. And lunch, 310 is yet another. If you just tuned in, you probably wonder what we're talking about. The NCAA has found no problem with what North Carolina did. So, as I mentioned before, this is evidently the way to do it. If you're having uh, trouble with uh, some of your athletes and you want uh, them to get an A to really help uh, with their uh, uh, grade point average, you uh, come up with these kind of classes where everybody's going to get an A, but in order to make it legal, evidently, you have to offer it to everyone, not just to the athletes. So you round up some other people and say, hey, we've got this class uh, going here. Uh, you don't have to go to it. You just have to sign up for it and uh, you'll get an A. And they had uh, quite a few people do it, more than 3,000 over the period that was investigated. Are you uh, talking to Roy, or does Roy uh, want to be on the air? Oh, okay. Back to the uh, Cubs game in just a moment. The Cubs survived, and despite issuing nine walks, they went one for 11 with runners in scoring position, but they scored nine runs. It was bizarre indeed. John Jay said it was crazy. It was one of those classic games. Jay was part of that fifth inning. 
when uh, the Nats brought in Max Scherzer, the one of the well, he won the Cy Young. He's just really beat up on him the other night, and he is a terrific, terrific pitcher. And here he comes back in, and in the fifth inning, it included then four consecutive plays that netted the Cubs a total of four runs. There was an intentional walk, a drop third strike, a catcher's interference, and a hit by pitch. Just one thing after another. And this came after after he got Bryant and Rizzo out. There were two outs when all this happened. Theo Epstein says for the Cubbies, just the fact that we went from two outs to to no one on to, was a huge turning point in the game. We got the two singles, then it was just filling out the box score. The lead the Cubs took that inning would be challenged the rest of the night as the Chicago relievers once again could not find the strike zone. With Kyle Hendricks off his game, manager Joe Madden asked the bullpen for just 15 outs. Instead, they gave him eight walks. Oh, my. So now we do go to Roy, right? Good morning, Roy. Hi, Jim. Hi. Uh, you, you've talked a couple of times about a TV radio sync uh, device that you have. Right. Does it, does it work pretty good? It works great. If you want to uh, sync the uh, audio on... Uh, uh, radio to the uh, television audio. Uh, this will do it. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it. after last night, and even during the whole game, we said, "Boy, you can tell who these two broadcasters are in favor of." Uh, I'd like to get be able to get our radio guys. It's uh, called uh, Sports Sync. Uh, just Google Sports Sync Radio, and uh, you can find out all about it and. I think uh, when I bought mine a few years ago, it was like $40 or something like that. It wasn't expensive at all, and it works great. still working great. Yeah, yeah. Your engineer was telling me about that. Now, during the World Series, are the Cubs radio guys still allowed to broadcast, or are they out of the picture altogether? The radio guys, I think, are okay. The TV guys are not in it. I know the TV guys are not. I just, I just didn't know if the radio guys were still in it or not. I assume they are. Okay. All right. I appreciate your time. Have a good day. Okay. You too. The score uh, has the uh, has the games. I assume it would be the uh, the uh, Cub announcers that they've had all season. Um, Irene is next. Hello, Irene. Hello. Looks like the sun might come out. What? The sun. Oh, you call and give me the weather well, forecast every day. What's on your <laughs> mind today besides the weather? Well, I just I wanted to tell you that I enjoy reading your book. Oh, well, and thank you. Actually, you wrote it in 2002. Yeah, it's been a long time ago. Yeah, and I enjoyed reading about all the different coaches that you were um, with during those years. Yeah, we... We turned over a lot of personnel during that time, that's for sure. Yeah, it must have been hard to give that announcing up, too. 
Well, the you know, despite the, the fact that uh, most of these coaches uh, didn't uh, wind up with winning records or anything, for the uh, for the most part, uh, they were terrific uh, people to be around, and it was very enjoyable to uh, be with them, even if we weren't winning enough games. I thought you were very fair when you were talking about them. Okay, well, I hope so. That's uh, that's my goal. Thank you, it's Irene. Appreciate you uh, reading the book. Yeah, it's uh, the book they uh, put together right after I quit doing the uh, play-by-play was uh, a long time ago. 9.47 and uh, 61 degrees. We take a quick break. We're coming. It is 9.50 and uh, 62 degrees here at the Radio Center. Mike says, North Carolina cleared. Told you they didn't do anything wrong. I know you're all disappointed. Will you please get over it now? Well, Mike, I don't know about uh, you, but uh, I take it uh, you feel that uh, what they did was uh, was not, uh, you feel like the committee does, that uh, there was nothing, nothing wrong with it. Well, <laughs> I feel exactly the opposite. I think it was awful. And uh, am I surprised that uh, nothing happened? Uh, not really. Not really. It was North Carolina, wasn't? And uh, and Duke, and Notre Dame. Name a few others of the the elite in this country. Uh, Joe is next. Hi, Joe. Good morning. I'd like to address a few issues that's come up over the last few days, callers. Uh, one concerns Las Vegas and the response time of the SWAT team, uh, why it took an hour for them to, to get up there and deploy. Uh, generally speaking, most departments don't have a full-time SWAT team that's on active duty at all times. Uh, they have to muster from the troops, and sometimes off-duty personnel have to be called in, um, and it generally takes and an hour is about an average time for everybody to get in, get dressed, and respond to the scene. Uh, a lot of times there are patrol duties and, and different duties spread throughout the city, so an hour's response time is, isn't uh, unusual. They did have, at least when I was on the department, uh, they was just developing scenarios for an active shooter where the first five officers to respond to the scene kind of formed their own team, uh, five-man fire team, and went in to try to engage the active shooter. So, uh, you know, what happened out there is anybody's guess right now. Second thing is that concerning uh, officers carrying uh, weapons off-duty, uh, most departments that I'm aware of have a may-carry policy. Uh, I don't know of any right now that... Uh, say will carry, but to most of them you are allowed to carry off duty uh, when when you're not uh, not working. Right, but it's not mandatory, right? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been uh, uh, in in most departments I'm familiar with for a long time. It's always you may carry. And one last issue, um, Bobby called the other day and. He was the second individual that I've heard call in and try to say that the reason the economy is developing so well is because of President Obama and the Democrats. 
Um, my question would be then to them is why did it take eight years for this to occur? Um, President Obama's policy, uh, his uh, GPA never got above 2% that I'm aware of. And uh, President Trump, as soon as he took office, uh, within a month or two, the GPA went up to 3 3%. And the reason that is, is that he's brought something that President Obama promised but never developed, and that was hope. Uh, the businesses, community throughout the nation, and corporate uh, people, they now have hope that the developing economy can can prosper under him. They didn't have that hope under Obama because of all the regulatory mandates that he was pushing and uh, oppressing the economy. So uh, that's the reason I think that uh, things are doing so well right now. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Joe. I appreciate uh, your call, sir. Uh, Tony is next. Hi, Tony. Hi. I agree with you about North Carolina. Um, it's all about power or money. I think if they were the North Carolina fighting a lion eye, we'd still have the chief dancing um, because it's all about power and money. And um, same thing with Harvey Weinstein. Ain't nothing going to happen to Harvey Weinstein because he's got power and money. And just like Trump in the whole Access Hollywood tape, it was kind of okay because he was just a big joke and had lots of money and very successful. So, no, um, nothing has happened to uh, Bill Cosby either, right? After all this, no, no, yeah, because yeah, if you have enough money to get a good lawyer, then you're going to be okay. Mm. Oh, you agree? Yeah. Well, it uh, certainly helps. Uh, there's no question about that. I appreciate the call. We go to uh, Chris. Uh, good morning, Chris. Yeah, I agree with your last call. If it was the uh, North Carolina fighting a line, I would still have Chief Alana Wick, but that's another point. For another day, my question is: is it's not really a question. It's a statement it's about U of I football, and I look at Penn State. They're ranked number three in the nation, and it wasn't that long ago they were suspended, had terrible sanctions. They even considered the quote the death penalty on the football program, and they can recover to be number three in the nation. And yet U of I, we got Lovey Smith, and I, I like Lovey. And if he is the best chance that I feel we've had in a long time to recover our, our football stature, but. We we never had sanctions like that, and and we can't recover. How does Penn State recover to rank number three in the nation with such horrible press coverage, with so many lawsuits, with administrators going to prison, and we can't still recruit? And it, it just shows you the power of like North Carolina versus Illinois or all these big name schools. SMU got the death penalty back in what was it the seventies, and they've never recovered really from that. And they used to have some really amazing players an amazing football program. And maybe you could talk to me or maybe the other callers can about why is there such a disparity in that to where Penn State can commit all these atrocities and come back from all of this, from essentially not even having a football program to being ranked number three in the nation right now. And I guess that's my question. I'll, I'll hang up. All right. Uh, thank you. It's uh, a legitimate uh, question, and uh, people are asking those kinds of things uh, all the time. I think if you look back through uh, history, we've had a uh, difficult uh, time. We'd have a few uh, up uh, seasons and uh, get to bowl games and those kind of things, and uh, but never been able to sustain. And we've had such a rapid uh, turnover of uh, personnel, coaches, and, uh, and others over the years. That uh, doesn't help either. Although uh, 
Penn State uh, certainly uh, changed the round uh, with the uh, coaches. They had first one, then another, and uh, they have done it. He's uh, right about that. Uh, Mike is next. Hi, Mike. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I guess my question is, what does the NCAA spend its money on? Because it's clearly not spending it on investigation, enforcement, prosecution of rule breakers. They've obviously just kind of subcontracted that off for free to the FBI. So is the FBI going to send a bill to the NCAA because now they're having to do the NCAA's job for them? Because that's my tax dollars. It's different when it's the NCAA and they're spending their, you know, billion dollars that they get from, you know, March Madness TV contracts and things like that. They should be spending that money on these issues. Instead, it's my tax dollars being spent on it, and that really upsets me. And also, the the fact that they're pulling FBI agents who could have maybe, I don't know, been investigating... Uh, some guy before he bought, you know, 40 weapons and, and, you know, took a perch up in a a Las Vegas hotel. Maybe they could have been investigating that if they didn't have to have so many agents following this case, if the NCAA had done their job. It really upsets me. Well, I think they've got enough personnel to to handle uh, both of those uh, situations, but... uh, It's still a distraction of resources. It's it's just, well, you're exactly right. It it is, and... uh, I had a Stan Eikenberry on here the other day, former president of the University of Illinois, and he said they have, the NCAA has, uh, and he's had some uh, dealings with them. He, they said he said they have lost their way; that they uh, they don't. <laughs> these are not his words, but he basically said they really don't know what they're doing, and uh, they don't have uh, enough investigators, and uh, and I don't know why they've got uh, plenty of money, as you suggest. Uh, but uh, well, now it's our money that they're spending. Yep. Hey, it got to go. It got to hit the news here. Thank you for the call here on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, welcome back to our number two. This is our Illini Friday. This is a little uh, program that we put on uh, prior to every Illinois home football game. Kent Brown and Barry Hauser are here in the uh, studio. Probably ought to start by just uh, turning it all over to Kent Brown and uh, the Chicago Cubs this morning. Uh, <laughs> well, guys, well, how about that? All the people want to talk about, I know, mm-hmm. except for Cardinal fans, of course. <laughs> those of us who. Uh, our fans of the team in blue, uh, pretty excited today. That was about as crazy and wild and uh, bizarre of a baseball game. No matter who won or lost, I, I think I would have said the same thing if it had gone the other way last night. But long game, but talk about entertaining. And there's only a couple things in baseball that didn't happen. There was no triple play and there was no balk. Other than that, I think almost everything else that could happen happened in that in that in that one last night. Yeah, and uh, a lot of it happened in one inning against uh, one of the best pitchers in the world. <laughs> Isn't it funny how baseball, baseball, one pitch, he's one he's, he's 0-2 count on Contreras, and one pitch from getting out of the inning, and Contreras scratches out a hit. Zobras 
you know, works a great at bat, and at the very least, probably shaved an inning off of Scherzer. If, he, if Zobris gets out, probably sure instead of going three innings, maybe Scherzer only goes two, but gets a hit, and then you know, get a double down the line, and then you have all this other stuff that happens. You know, the pass ball on a strikeout, uh, the intentional walk, a hit batter, a catcher's interference. I mean, all these things, and all of a sudden, it's Scherzer's done, right? And you're thinking, holy cow. What you know, he came from one pitch from getting out, and that's that's the game of baseball. It's what makes it so interesting that every pitch can determine what direction it goes. And and uh, that was a perfect example last he night. Came into the game, he got this a tremendous ovation. What does he do to uh, start? He gets uh, Chicago's two best hitters out. Yeah, bang bang, but <laughs> it was it was over. You know, <laughs> I said, "Oh my goodness, this 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 might be the ball game." And then all of a sudden, it uh, started. It was uh, it was wild and. Uh, you said that you'd been up in uh, Chicago. Uh, you had to face a two two rain, <laughs> one rain out and uh, another yeah. rainy a game, and uh, so that was two wasted trips there. Well, well, yeah. For us, we we figured we committed about sixteen hours to that to get zero see zero runs for by the Cubs, <laughs> and uh, we were lucky. Our seats on on Wednesday were up underneath the overhang that far enough back where we were not uh, wet, and so uh, we were fortunate on that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, playoff baseball is a lot of fun and, and fans of both other teams in this area, the Sox have been through it and the Cardinals have been through it a lot and the Cubs lately here obviously have been through it. And so nothing better. There's no more drama than, than playoff baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and those who are baseball fans, it's, this is, this is as good as it gets. Well, that'll be one that'll be remembered for a real <laughs> long time. There's no doubt about that. I kept thinking, I better turn this off. I've been watching it three hours. Now I've been watching it four hours, so I can't stop now. You're that long. You're that far into it, right? You're committed. You had to commit. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, folks on the dish that had the uh, the problems. That uh, must you must be really uh, frustrated. One lady called to say that she finally got in touch with them on the telephone, and they said it was a nationwide program, and it was on. Uh, uh, Dish HD, but if you went to the standard program on on uh, Dish on the, that channel was okay. Wow, so huh. it was only high definition and just wow. cut out completely. So anyway, we got uh, something going on tonight. Uh, let's uh, start with that, uh, Barry. Uh, the band is uh, taking part uh, in this uh, little extravaganza over at the uh, little extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, it's this, a pretty big deal. Well, what's going on over there? Yeah, it's part of the uh, the introduction of the the public launch of the campaign for the University of Illinois. So uh, that's going to be taking place in the State Farm Center starting at seven o'clock. So uh, there's a lot of activities already taking place on campus. I think there were some things in the stadium already. Uh, uh, taking place um, for a lot of folks that are here for Foundation Weekend. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be making a little appearance uh, at the end of the show, uh, and it's always great to be uh, part of some of these events. But it uh, should be very exciting. We've got a number of folks that are coming out to rehearsal as well. Uh, that's part of one of the experiences. So the last that we had seen, I think, of those that are attending this whole weekend experience, we have a little over 100 uh, folks coming in just to watch rehearsal today over on the MI practice field at the corner of First and Gregory. And, of course, on Fridays, that's open to the general public anyway. Uh, so that starts at 5 o'clock and we'll end about 6.30 before we get ready to head over to the State Farm Center. And, uh, Kent, this is a little uh, different, uh, quite a bit different than what the foundation usually does. I remember going to uh, several uh, foundation dinners over to uh, Cranert. They were, sorry, it wasn't black tie or anything, but it was a kind of a dress-up mm-hmm. uh, type evening, and uh, they honored the people that had given. Right. If you give at least a million, you got mentioned. If not, <laughs> you didn't. <Yeah>. But... Uh, <laughs> 
that was a uh, very formal, and this is sounds like it's uh, anything but that. I think it's a much more family friendly event. It's one hour, seven to eight o'clock, and so they made. I think they were very careful in their planning to make it a friendly event to to get some people to to be there. And it's general public. It's open. It's free. It's yep. uh, from seven to eight o'clock, and so. Uh, I know there's entertainment, there's uh, inspirational speaking and yep. and uh, uh, telling the Illinois story as I've listened to the commercials as well. And so, um, yeah, for, for people in the community who don't get a chance to do these type of events, this, you know, for one hour, it'd be a great, great commitment to the, to, uh, to, to take it in. And if this is over at uh, eight o'clock, they can uh, run right over to uh, Huff Gym if they uh, care to see a That's little right. volleyball because that doesn't start until eight tonight. Absolutely, eight o'clock in Ohio State tonight, Maryland tomorrow night. But uh, you could, you know, volleyball is not a not a fifteen minute uh, sport either. So <laughs> no. there will be plenty of time to get over there and get your seat and, and catch almost the entire match. At least uh, something is happening uh, every minute in the volleyball, unlike uh, baseball, which <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get back on that. But uh, somebody uh, one time uh, timed a nine inning baseball game at uh, fifteen minutes of action. But uh, still, uh, just so gripping, you you can't turn your can't turn your eyes away from it. Uh, well, as far as uh, tomorrow is concerned, we have an eleven o'clock game. We don't, you know, we're playing at all hours as usual. So, what does that do to uh, to uh, everything? Let's uh, start with Kent, then we'll go to, to Barry. Well, as always, the parking lot's open at seven o'clock, and so uh, fans can can get set up for their tailgate that starts at seven a.m. tomorrow. Uh, Grange Grove is a little bit different. Of course, people can come between 5 and 7 tonight, uh, set up their tailgate if they want for free in Grange Grove, and they can set up their tent, their chairs, whatever they want to set up during that time period. Then they can go catch Barry's uh, marching Illini uh, practice if they want, since it's very close by. Um, tomorrow morning, about 8.30, uh, the Illini walk. Uh, Lovey and his team will walk down First Street and then right through the middle of Grange Grove and and the marching line are involved with that uh, to help walk them, get them through the uh, through the Grange Grove. And so, whenever we can get fans out for that, it's always great. Uh, we've got the uh, uh, a band called uh, Dalton Hall's Band, which is a local uh, band. It'll be playing in the Grange Grove. That starts in the, on the south stage uh, about nine o'clock, and after the uh, line I walk goes through. Um, so, those are the type of events. You've got all kinds of food vendors. Uh, usually, some uh, uh, inflatables out there. Uh, don't have Dick Buckus like we did last time for uh, <laughs> signing autographs, but um, a lot of things going on in Grange Grove prior to the game, and it's 11 o'clock start on uh, on BTN. And as we mentioned already, a uh, volleyball uh, both uh, tonight and uh, tomorrow night, and I wanted to ask uh, Barry, uh, how, how was it uh, over at uh, Huff Hall when uh, I was there? So I know quite, but I want to your reaction to having the entire Marching Illini at a volleyball game in Huff, as you did at the Purdue match. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that made some noise, man. It made a little bit of noise for their <laughs> Illinois event. I think we contributed to that, and I think they broke a record from last year. So uh, uh, hopefully we helped with that a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing, we, we love uh, supporting, of course, our volleyball programs as well as a lot of our other athletic teams. So it's always a good time there. Um, you know, space is the biggest the biggest issue, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that we find some space and making sure that we're still um, paying close attention to what we need to do for ADA compliance and all those things to keep a pathway going because we could easily take that whole section over. So that's the that's the big challenge there. But um, yeah, it was it was great to be part of that and uh, 
uh, create a lot of noise there and a lot of hopefully energy along the way so our students had a good time so do you rehearse tomorrow morning or uh how, how's that jim work you know this by, we rehearse all the time <laughs> uh, we're out there all the time rehearsing tonight yeah, i know that we are we are um yeah um we're gonna be uh up pretty early tomorrow morning we'll start off in the stadium about six thirty with our practice starting at 7 um, a.m in the stadium um and we'll take that right up to what kent talked about with Illini walk Eight fifteen, the drum line will be out there in grange grove right before the team arrives and at 8 30 we'll kick in as we welcome the team uh, into Grange Grove and we'll do a little concert there head back to Harding Band Building and then 45 minutes before kick we always prayed over from the armory into Memorial Stadium through the South Tunnel so we appreciate all the fans that come out and support us along the way uh, we have a lot of people that walk that path and it should be a beautiful day tomorrow so another great day to do that so that's at 10:15 that we'll leave the armory and then head over for uh, pregame there in Memorial Stadium Ken, does this uh, change uh, you and your uh, staff's uh, uh, work in any way? I mean, these are <laughs> <laughs> we have we have game times so different uh, times. You know, there's th- there's four or five different game times anymore, and so you know we normally show up probably uh, about seven thirty or so on a eleven o'clock start, and if it's an afternoon start, we're probably a little bit further in advance of the game. But that's just kind of what what the what it sh- what it brings when. Um, in our in the press box, all right. So there's media who come early, um, folks who set up the radio booths or uh, the television crews there. There's some writers who get there very early. Uh, normally, most people for an eleven o'clock start start rolling in about nine o'clock or so. But there are people there. It's not. It's seven thirty, and I'm not always the first one in there. So it uh, it it just way the the way that goes when when you have these different uh, starting times. Um, but it's you know we we all understand that now. It's not new uh, it's not new to any anyone anymore that uh, uh for instance our game at minnesota next week's at 2 30 uh there was also a three o'clock slot and you know that we've we've seen night games at a couple different times and so uh the world's changed um you know television has dictated a lot of different times where we so we all try to be good partners with them um but basketball and base and football specifically because of the uh, the number of games, there's they're just spread out all over, and so it's it's those of us who are have long time and have been going to games, we can all remember the one o'clock starts, right, or one thirty in some places, but one o'clock normally was around here, and um, now we have to you have to just kind of be aware every week what what time the game is because it changes all the time. And, uh, Stan Eikenberry is in town; he's here to take part in uh, the launch and uh, do some things and. Uh, I remember him saying uh, very emphatically when he was the president, uh, I don't care about this uh, television stuff and everything. Our homecoming games will start at 1 o'clock. This is our tradition, and, well, that was quickly wiped out. (laughs) I don't think we had another game that started at 1 o'clock ever. Yeah, you know, the Big Ten tries to, uh, for homecoming at all the schools in the Big Ten, uh, to accommodate that time as early as possible. Uh, But that... They can't always guarantee that they can give us that far in advance, um, but they've they've tried to they've tried to work out some things where they keep a certain number of games that are uh, still kind of in the hopper for a, a possible night game uh, or afternoon games. They and then what games they they release from that, then go ahead and schedule. So, for instance, our game against Wisconsin, which is uh, uh, the homecoming game, before the season we knew that that game was going to be eleven o'clock, but um, in today's world and the agreements that we have with our television partners we've 
we've said, okay, we're going to be flexible. Everybody in this conference is going to be flexible in, in what game times are, and we will work with you, and including some Friday night games, right? We've already seen that here. And, um, you know, soon I think the Big Ten is probably going to announce next year's Friday night games, and so we'll see what, what, those, what that comes with that. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. We, it's not like it used to be, and, but, you know, the, the partners uh, have, a, have a huge financial commitment to the conference, and so that's that's part of the trade-off. We understand that, um, but yeah, it's it's pretty important. The revenue driving the revenue from that's a very important part of the the situation as well. Speaking of the game, uh, this uh, promises to be a uh, I don't know I'll call it a toss-up game. Maybe I it should be very entertaining, be a very a very yeah. competitive game. Yeah, both teams are kind of in a similar boat in in terms of rebuilding, right? I mean, their their coaches. This is his second year, Chris Ash, and and uh, he had at least one more recruiting class than than Lovey. Lovey came so late that he only had the the current one. But Illinois leads the country in true freshmen who who are playing, and in true freshmen who are starting. Um, and so you know we we've seen that. We saw. I thought we saw a really nice step forward uh, for the first two and a half quarters last week in Iowa City. Um, but then you know. It's, when you're playing that many young guys, at some point something happens, and uh, the the pick six at Iowa seemed to really turn that game back around. We had the ball moving; and it looked like we were going to go in and score, and could have taken the lead. And all of a sudden, it goes the other way, and and we're chasing the rest away. So, um, but as young as our team is, uh, Rutgers isn't too far behind us, and so there's a lot of young players and, and re- rebuilding process that's going on. And um, to me, I. I I'm very encouraged after watching, especially last mm-hmm. week, uh, to see some of the steps forward because almost every one of the big plays against Iowa um, that was happening was a freshman or a second-year guy, first or second-year guy. And there's not very many second-year guys playing, but mostly freshmen that were making those plays. That's That, to me, is very encouraging. Well, when you have a guy in there that is uh, at least a, a threat at uh, passing the, the ball, that helps that running game tremendously. Certainly opened it up, spread out some things, and opened up some holes that, that hadn't didn't seem to be there earlier. Um, so, uh, Jeff, uh, you know, we, we got to cut down on the turnovers. His coach talked about that. Just can't have those those turnovers. Um, and and he, but we need to be able to move the ball downfield and stretch it out a little bit. And we saw that we saw that can be effective. We had over 400 yards in offense last week. We had uh, uh, 200 yards rushing, uh, which we hadn't really shown much of a rushing as, as early as we wanted to in these earlier games. So that was a big step. I I think there's some some real positives going on with that, and and um, need the the defense to continue to to grow as well there's been you know he keeps we keep changing guys and moving around trying to find the best fit so this is this will be another big test for him and, and one i know they're, that they're really looking forward to as we uh as we head down the stretch here in the big 10 uh, barry uh what can we expect uh, uh theme wise what kind of music are you going to play tomorrow yeah halftime is going to be um uh, based off of the pirates of the uh caribbean um and we did a little bit of this i think for the western kentucky game so that was kind of a little bit of a preview we had a shorter halftime uh because of some of the other events going on so this is going to be the full show so should be should be a lot of fun um uh kind of throwback to the old picture shows that used to take place which really originated here in illinois 
Illinois um, at the University of Illinois with the Marching Illini back in the 1940s. So uh, for fans in the entire stadium, we've got some things that will be up on the video board so you can see some of those pictures working with the great video crew there in athletics. Uh, so it should be a fantastic show. We're looking very forward to it. Let me ask, uh, probably not a fair question here with just a couple of minutes to go, but I'll ask both of you this. Uh, a lot of people are saying, uh, like other sports, that football needs to uh, find some ways to speed up the game a little bit. And one of the things they talk about, Barry, is uh, halftime. Well, people <laughs> have to realize halftime has never changed in terms of duration of time. So um, we've never had a 10-minute halftime uh, you know, allotment there. So that's mm-hmm. one component of the football game that people need to pay close attention to. Uh, that is one time allotment that's that's not changed since that began when they first started halftime. And I think there's a lot to be said, and you know, we can talk on the athletic side about what that means in terms of just even athletes going in and refreshing and just kind of getting a, you know, kind of re-energizing their mental focus and so forth, taking a break from the game. There's a lot of great positives that come out of that. So when we really look at some things, there's a lot of things that have helped uh, elongate football games that go well beyond halftime. Halftime's been the the one thing that's been the the kind of stable element that's not changed in terms of duration of time. So it'll be interesting. The West Coast, they're experiment, uh, experimenting with that in terms of some of those conferences out there that they're shortening some things. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going to catch on or not. But uh, we've heard, uh, again, a lot of a lot of people respond to that on our on our side of things. And I don't know. I, we haven't heard anything in terms of the Big Ten by any means. I don't, I don't hear anything coming down the... You know, one thing at halftime that has changed is... Um, the the official if you watch the official starts the halftime clock uh really right a lot quicker and yep. a lot more immediately and and so what happened in the past is uh the television crew may grab a coach uh at, at halftime and so uh the official would stay on the field hold the clock until yeah. everybody had cleared um and then start it and so there was may there may be 30 50 a minute uh before they get the clock started at this point as soon as the 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 half's over I mean, the officials taking just a minute, just a few seconds to kind of let a couple people clear, and then they're starting the twenty minute or the fifteen minute clock. Yep. And um, and so any of those halftime interviews have to be done off the field, uh, and the players are expected to get on and off really quick, and it shortens your time because you have to be back off the field by at least what four minutes. We some? yeah, we aim to be off at five minutes left, just so again the kickers can come out and everyone, right. um, even though that's time generally four minutes. Yeah, according to the Big Ten. So yeah, so yeah. there's some changes. It, it I mean, they're, they're you know we, they talk about trying to stop the clock at uh, 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 on first downs, and is that something that can get, like the NFL can that can that go away? And you can see all oftentimes those officials uh, they get the ball spotted a lot quicker mm-hmm. uh, trying to trying to speed up the game. But so yeah, I think they're trying to. Uh, you know, there's some things that just happen. You know yeah. that did ex- that extend it, and you can't do anything about. But you know, hopefully we'll we'll keep moving in that direction. Well, guys, uh, thanks uh, very much. This is uh, your last uh, shot at this uh, show in this uh, building. Next time you'll be uh, in our brand-new uh, space with uh, new studios and uh, new equipment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, our last look at the Penny Studio. Ed, it's yeah. going to be – I'm going to not seeing you back there with all so – how old is some of that equipment you have back there, Ed? About as old as this shirt, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, where's your Where's your bailing wire? I know you have a lot of bailing wire back there. <laughs> he really does. Satin He's, tubes. There's probably run, some. We've run out of a supply of duct tape, and we're on the masking tape. <laughs> yeah, but everything hey, still, still works, works, right? It That's still right. Works. That's right. 
<laughs> well, good. Yeah. We'll look forward to seeing the, the new yeah, studios definitely. downtown next time. That'll be yeah. good. Well, I appreciate your time as always. I know you guys are busy, and we uh, don't take this for granted. So thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, 1032, uh, Brian Barnhart has the news headlines, and we'll have an open line then the rest of the way up until 11. We have an open line going up until uh, 11 o'clock. Uh, you can call us at 356-9397, or you can text us at 351-5357. If you have something on your mind, uh, we've talked about a, a variety of uh, things already this morning with a, kind of a concentration on uh, sports, which we don't uh, normally do, but uh, that Cub game last night and uh, the uh, story from uh, North Carolina and... And uh, so on, but uh, this thing out at uh, Las Vegas is uh, still a kind of a mystery. The, the timeline and exactly what happened, and and last night the uh, Mandalay Bay security guard, the one that was uh, shot by uh, Stephen Paddock, this was in the moments leading up to the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. Well, this uh, guy was uh, all set to uh, break his uh, silence uh, yesterday evening. There were five uh, television interviews there, and uh, the union uh, president uh, or the uh, the uh, security guard, he was there, and uh, everything was all set. The cameras ready to roll. The media were gathered in the building and to talk to him. And uh, Campos uh, reportedly just bolted. And as early uh, Friday morning, it wasn't immediately clear where he was. I don't. This is a story that came out uh, early this morning. I don't know if they have uh, found him or exactly what is happening there. But uh, his union president said we were in a room and he, we came out and he was gone. Campos is uh, represented by the International uh, Union uh, Security Police and the Fire Professionals of America which uh, didn't respond to any uh, comment uh, when they were asked. Uh, Sean Hannity said he was supposed to appear on Hannity on Thursday night, but he had canceled his appearance. <clears throat> Little is uh, known about Campos, with a few pictures to emerge of the security guard and no apparent online footprint surfacing to provide details about one of the central figures in the mass shooting. And... Uh, we know that uh, shots were being fired at the festival lot at the same time or uh, within 40 seconds uh, after the uh, time that uh, Jesus Campos uh, first reported the shots were fired over the radio. Metro police uh, officers were together with armed Mandalay Bay security officers in the building when Campos first reported the shots were fired over the uh, radio and these uh, metro officers and Armed security forces immediately responded to the 32nd floor. Uh, Steve is next. Hello, Steve. Hi. I was wondering what they're building on uh, in front of the Walmart in, uh, on North Prospect there in Champaign. I have no idea. Are they building something? Yeah, it's pretty close to the Prospect there. It's kind of in front of, front of there, and, of course, there's no signs anymore saying, you know, what's coming anymore like it used to be. And then on uh, uh, East Bradley there, as soon as you turn on to Bradley from Lincoln, all that hump uh, the hump there on your left there and fenced in, there's a lot of uh, tanker traffic now. 
They're going in and out of there. What's going on there? What is that? What's going on with that? Oh, somebody knows. They can tell us, Steve. I don't have any idea. Okay. Thank oh, you. Thank you. 10.43, a break, uh, Mr. Bond. We're coming right back with our open line until 11 today. Gentleman asked uh, what is happening in front of uh, Walmart. There's a post on the uh, Green Street Realties uh, Facebook page referring to a new retail development uh, coming soon at that uh, corner. Said construction will start this spring on a uh, uh, 10,000-square-foot retail strip center at the 2710 North Prospect, a new space to be open in early fall of this year. Just over one acre property at the corner of Interstate and Prospect was sold last year for $840,000. With the taxpayer of uh, record, a liability uh, corporation managed by Chris Saunders, who is the broker owner of Green Street Realty. And a uh, text just came in that says, there's a Blaze Pizza going in front of the Walmart on North Prospect. I believe they're from the West Coast, a wood-fired style pizza. So that's uh, all we know about that. Here's something we do know. You should be thinking about ensuring that your family is taken care of and your financial goals are met after you're gone. The experienced team of uh, financial advisors at Busey Wealth Management can help you. 64% of people don't have a will. 55% of individuals with children don't either. Here's some must-dos in estate planning. Whether you fear the unthinkable or just putting uh, estate planning at the bottom of your to-do list, here are some must-dos to ensure clarity and peace of mind. Don't delay. Create your plan today. Ensure financial dependents are taken care of and are able to Handle the unexpected. Identify assets. Evaluate and determine what exactly you will leave your family. Make your wishes known permanently. A will can distribute property name guardians for children and outline an executor. Be open and honest with loved ones. As daunting or uncomfortable as it may be, an honest conversation about asset distribution and financial transition is essential. Adapt the plan over time, a quick review annually, and a thorough review every five years. Establish a timeless legacy through a charitable fund or foundation. Consult the professionals at Busey Wealth Management. Speak with their team of experienced financial advisors at 1-800-67-BUSEY or visit Busey.com. John is next. Hello, John. Good morning, Jim. How are we doing today? Just fine, sir. How are you? Oh, just doing fine. Uh, Jim, I had two things. One was uh, about the county nursing home, and the uh, other was about the Condoleezza Rice uh, joining the uh, NCAA. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion. My opinion on the nursing home sale was it seems to me that I'm, ge- I'm guessing that the Democrats are trying to stop a sale by putting all the restrictions 
on any potential buyers. Uh, do you have a Do you have thoughts on that yet? Or? Well, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what what how they're doing it or why they're doing it, but uh, there's definitely a, a feeling of uh, uh, what appears to be uh, enough people on the county board uh, not to not to sell this place. I think that That's, the fact that they uh, they approve the uh, you know that you could send out uh, the request for proposals and uh, you know so what you get some of those back then you're you're still in the same place except you got a few things to look at although a couple of board members uh, did say well we'd like to know you know whether anybody would uh, would buy this or not if we didn't try to sell it but anytime they've uh, taken a vote that uh, would indicate that it's going to be sold uh, they didn't have enough people uh, to uh, to have that passed. Yeah, I, I think that they're uh, that they are not wanting anybody to buy it, uh, and uh, by putting the restrictions on it, uh, they could they could that could happen to them pretty easily. You know, people say uh, well, I'm not they interested. They don't have to put any restrictions on anything. All they have to do is say we're not going to sell it. You know, we're. I, I, uh, yeah, I know. You, you, okay, well, what, excuse, what's, yeah. what's the second thing? Uh, yeah, uh, NCAA. Uh, Condoleezza Rice going to work with them just does not look like a good fit to me. She's always had a class boiling over, and she always appeared to me to be too honest to be uh, getting into something as phony as the NCAA. And uh, well, if you remember, I, yeah, I was... I, no, I, uh, I do remember her, and I, I think she's... Uh... You're quite right. She's a very uh, stylish person and uh, uh, apparently a very, very uh, honest and uh, would be a good person to have uh, working for you. But the idea of uh, them forming a commission to uh, to look into what's uh, these basketball scandals and things like that is just ridiculous. You know, the um, the feds and uh, the FBI are are the ones that uh, know how to do these uh, things and uh, the NCAA's answer is, "Oh, that's happening in our uh, in our uh, bailiwick. That's happening to some of our teams. My uh, my uh, goodness, there. Uh, we better do something about it. So we'll form a commission. We'll yeah. look at. We'll look into it. Hey, gotta go. I'm uh, too close right. to the uh, news. But thanks for your call, John. One final break coming up. Well, we've had a uh, good time on the uh, program today." Want to let you know that uh, next week uh, on Monday, Lauren Tate and I will be doing our Monday morning quarterbacking as usual. And then on uh, Tuesday, we will have our last show of uh, Plenty of Your Thoughts in this uh, building. Because next Wednesday, if you tune uh, to us at uh, 9 o'clock, it'll be our first broadcast from the News Gazette. But we'll talk more about this the next week. But I just wanted to let you know that uh, next uh, Tuesday will be the last one in uh, this uh, building, in this uh, studio for this show here on DWS. <laughs>